And here it is, Iolani Palace. The only royal palace in the United States. Yeah. It says the cornerstone was laid um, December 31st, 1879. The palace is a monument to the era of Hawaiian monarchy. How about that? Roger, what are you, what are you doing? Are you going to eat that thing or are you going to beat it to death? I'm trying to get it open. I wonder how many Hawaiians starved to death waiting for their breakfast. <laughs> well, it says in this book that King Kamehameha could open a coconut with just two fingers. Two fingers? Oh, you can't believe everything you read. He must have been a very powerful man. Oh, yeah. He was a great man. Kamehameha Nui was the most... Yeah, I thought we were talking about King Kamehameha. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, Nui means the great in Hawaiian. It says here, uh, over 200 years ago, he defended these islands against the invaders and drove them over the pali. I sure would like to have met him. <laughs> I did say I wish I could have met him tonight. Yes, Master. You did say that. Fly Podcast, July 6, 2021 edition. Oh, yes, guys. All right. Little Jerry Rafferty. <laughs> oh, hello, everybody. Taping on uh, Saturday, the day before the 4th of July, but coming out on Tuesday, July 6th. Yeah, we're in July already. It was a fast 2021, I think. I don't know. It's almost my birthday again. Oh, great. Oh, great. I can't wait to be older. It's going to be so awesome. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I hope everybody's doing okay. Yeah, a little overcast in New York City today. It's been raining for a couple of days, but uh, actually I have a story about that in a second. And I just hope everybody had, when this comes out, a happy 4th of July. And hello and welcome to the show. Let's just get it going. I'm having some trouble today. My cleaning lady always messes with my wires, and now I'm trying to pull everything. But, you know, there's all these wires and all this stuff, and you're like, oh, what do I got to do? You know, so obviously I got to just do a, like a cleanup and get the wires all set the way I like them. But, you know, who has time for nonsense? You know, when you, you click on the podcast and I'm like, all right, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, you just want to get going. That's the last thing I want to do is clean up the wires. This is a, what a great way to start a show. Boy, we got a fun show for you today. 
No, but we do, I think. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll just open with this. Well, there's lots of stuff to talk about, I guess. I feel like there's nothing, but we always seem to talk for... You know, sometimes when I, you know, I say like, oh, I really got nothing this week, I find myself after the opening monologue that it's like, oh, geez, we're 30 minutes in already. Now what? <laughs> Lost my train of thought already. This, what I was going to do is maybe because I, you know, I didn't really have that much to, to do, but I, I do, uh, was to do the video podcast this week this mo- for this month, you know, because I owe you one uh, for July. And the funny thing is I was just, I don't know how funny it is, but I, I couldn't think of anybody I really want to interview. So I'm like, well, I could just, you know, talk and I can show some pictures and stuff. And that's always okay. There's just, there's just nobody I really care to interview right now. I'm not, I'm not, I can maybe because it has to do with the fact that I'm always booking comics for the show or the fact that we're looking for guests for the Billy Joel podcast or something. Maybe, I don't think it is, but. There's just no one. I'm like, I don't want to force anybody on that you guys have to listen to because, you know, I'm just like desperate for people. And I know you guys don't care if I have a guest or not. I know sometimes um, we like having a guest, but I know nobody cares, so it doesn't matter. And, you know, it's not like we're getting, uh, you know, Brad Pitt or anything, which probably be a very boring interview. But uh, not on video. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? (laughs) But. So I was just like, uh, I asked Memo, I'm doing this thing for Memo next Sunday. There'll still be another podcast before that. Yes. No. No, there won't. I'm sorry. This comes out on Tuesday. And this Sunday, I am doing a show for Guillermo Salazar. The When the New York City opened a bunch of streets that you could apply for a permit to open up a street and have a party or have a show or whatever. And I went to the cellar and I said, Dude, let's do some comedy outside. I'll take care of everything. And then when things started opening up, they're like, we don't need it anymore. And they were probably right. It was a pain in the ass. But that's what Felicia Madison did at the West Side Comedy Club. And that's why we did these really terrific outdoor shows until that stupid parking garage complained next door. And thus ended uh, the outdoor experiment, which, of course, is fine in the middle of the summer. Who cares? But, you know, Memo owns this bar, Solid State in Queens, and this is a weird one for you. So we got the permit to promote, you would think, Solid State, this bar in Queens. Uh, but anybody could come. It's June 11th. It's in Sunnyside, Queens. And I'm emceeing for the full 10-hour show, 10 hours of bands and nonsense. I am the MC for 10 hours. It's everybody's worst nightmare. Uh, they're like, you're going to have to riff. And I'm like, what? For, for how long? But that's the it, it'll be interesting. So I was going to have him on and we we'll talk about this thing and everything. But you know what I'll do is I'll just have him on in like two weeks and we'll just talk about how it was. And it should be kind of funny. And Memo's a fun guest. So that's what we're going to do. But that's this thing is this Sunday in Sunnyside, Queens. I don't know. I can't remember what it's called or how you find it. But obviously, if you're in the neighborhood, it's free. So come by. I don't think anybody is in the neighborhood because I was thinking for the uh, Maggie subscribers, I was uh, thinking, you know, why aren't I offering uh, free show tickets or something, you know, which I've, I should be doing. But I don't I'm, I'm not sure if a lot of our listeners or Patreon subscribers are in New York City. And then you could have come to the West Side Comedy Club, which I did on Thursday, which was a really good time. I would say a triumphant time 
I can just tell you about it now. Yeah, so Thursday, July 1st was my first day back at the Westside Comedy Club. Five comics and Dave, if you follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. You know I did this live show, finally, in New York City. Five comics and Dave. It was really great. Joe Mackey, Nick Griffin, Alga Namer, Elon Altman, and me. I know that's only four comics, but that is even more hilarious, is it not? I told you that girl Chanel Ali canceled, but that's all right. And uh, Felicia did a spot, which is uh, a little problematic sometimes. Anyway, that's uh, not important. She runs the club. What are you going to do? So it was really great, and I was excited for the show. I hadn't really practiced in a while, but I practiced a little bit beforehand, and I, I got it. I did a good job. You know, I did okay. I mean, I you know, I did the job, and I know I, I did good, and my friends Max and Lisa were there, and Lisa, the reason why they were there, I hadn't seen them in a long time, is I was trying to get in touch with Lisa because she's Cindy Lauper's manager, and I asked her if it was possible at all if Cindy Lauper would agree to be on our Billy Joel podcast, our Billy Joel A to Z podcast, because this week, when uh, or last week, again, this coming out on Tuesday the 6th, the last song we put out was Code of Silence. That's Billy Joel and Cyndi Lauper. And as you may or may not know, I mean, if you listened, you know that Sarah Silverman and I did a duet of Code of Silence in the early 90s or the mid 90s probably the early 90s at the triple end and so of course we talked about that and uh this week on the billy joel podcast so today july 6th we have this unreleased song called cross to bear that's not gonna sell any tickets but like i said last week you know we've kind of dug ourselves into a little corner here with these <laughs> whatever we're doing these horrible unreleased songs but they so it's called cross to bear and then there are the, the on thursday july 8th will be our interview with sarah silverman to you know her and i talking about doing code of silence all those years ago uh, doing Code of Silence, and it was so great that she came on to talk to us for a couple of minutes. It was really great. And we do another duet. We do uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant again, just uh, really we were trying some harmonies and stuff. I don't know whether it worked very well, but still a fun little 20-minute interview with the great Sarah Silverman, which was uh, very kind of her to do. And like I said, with the Code of Silence, we were basically talking about Cindy Lauper the entire time, and I was trying to explain to Elon, you know, since he was born in 1988 or 90, who knows, you know, how big Cindy Lauper was back then and how, you know, important she is to the history of 80s music for sure. And now she wasn't just a one hit wonder. I mean, he just, he just, you know, he didn't, nobody could understand. Nobody could understand. Nobody really talks about Cindy Lauper anymore. But, you know, again, she wasn't a one-hit one. She had that amazing first album, which had like five or six hits on it, which is, of course, what you do in the 80s. But then she had the follow-up album, which is True Colors, which, you know, is an amazing song. And then she had uh, a third album, which had uh, Drove All Night, so, which, you know, did really well. So, again, if you know, then she had the Goonies soundtrack and all that stuff. But what I'm saying is, like, you know, if you're not... You got three albums. We were talking about Heart two weeks ago. You know, you get you have one really successful album and then you can still have another couple of hits after, you know, I feel like you won the prize and Cindy Lauper is cool. And let's face it, 
she was on the podcast, that'd be fucking awesome. I also said, you know, have her on the Comedy Cellar show because we have Musician Month once a month. So please, I mean, how great would that be? This month, uh, in fact, uh, the, tonight, we have musician Paul Lauren on, who you'll meet. I don't know him yet. He's a friend of Colin's, which is fine. I asked Colin to bring your friends. And um, you might know this guy, little Danny Natterman is going to join us. And the week after that, we have comedian uh, from the King of Staten Island, Mike Vecchione, will be joining us. Uh, again, I think I said that like Bob Hope. And Brooke Shields will be joining us. Mike Vecchione. Uh, that, that's coming up on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show. More to talk about that in a second. But the Cindy Lauper thing is, uh, I mean, what, how great would that be? And, you know, she's really fascinating. The funny thing is, she Billy Joel worked on, so they did that duet together, Code of Silence. And then Billy Joel worked with her on an album thing. And it's also a really bad song. Like, Code of Silence is one of Billy Joel's worst songs. Like, most fans don't like it. And, you know, they just are angry that he's doing a duet, which doesn't really happen to most artists. People are like, oh, I love that duet with such and such. But so Cindy Lauper, I guess, returned the favor, or you look at it the other way, and did this song called Maybe He'll Know, which was on the True Colors album. And it's not very good, but it's good when billy joel comes in like it, it's not good but for some reason he like picks it up I don't like this kind of music. I don't like this like 50 style music. That's why I really pretty much didn't like a lot of the songs on An Innocent Man. Yeah, it's not working for me. But the bet is when but when Billy Joel comes in it gets really good. Let me see if I can find that place. Alright, let's see. I think he's coming up. Yes, I like that part. I like that part a lot, so that's good. And also, uh, what's extra funny is on that uh, same album, this is why you got to love Cyndi Lauper, especially back then. I remember, I think I said this on the podcast, my my dad, you know, when her and Madonna were around at the same time, I remember my dad was like, uh, I, I like the other one. She's funnier, you know, when people would compare them because they were very comparable in many ways. Madonna was, you know, just all about sex, and Cyndi Lauper was about comedy. And, you know, she was sexy, but, she, you know, it was more like she was having a good time. I mean, you know, if you're going to have, you know, Madonna has all these uh, sexy men and women in her videos, mostly men. It's all surrounded by hot guys. And Cyndi Lauper has Captain Lou Albano in her videos. You know, I think I think you're going for a different audience at uh, that time. So she has this uh, song called 911, which I think ends the True Colors album. And uh, who's the guest on that one? Nine, 
emergency number is not in effect in the area where you are. Please hang up and dial O for operator. This is a recording. <laughs> now, if you end an album that way, you're pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, it's balls to the walls, especially then the album's called True Colors. We know how serious that song is. Uh, so you got to respect that. And she would be an unbelievable guest, obviously, because she's cool and she's fun and she's got a funny voice. And uh, so I invited her manager and her uh, and her husband, who the husband I know even better. I've known him since the 90s. And he used to, oh, my God, he used to own all these great restaurants. I think I told you because I had lunch with his partner, uh, you know, last in March or something. And these guys used to own the hottest clubs in New York City. I mean. As I told Max, that he was like, um, I was like, you guys got to let me put you on the list. And like, no, no, we don't take tickets. Like, I'm like, you have to. It's the the actual, legitimately least I can do for you guys. After years of free food and drink and let alone just, you know, being the coolest guy in town because, you know, I knew all these club owners and, you know, I could get into all these Saturday Night Live parties that they had there and just kind of run the place, and it was so awesome. You know, it was like payback time. So it was uh, really fun to see them, and so I went to the West Side Comedy Club, but of course it was raining, and I'm trying not to take an Uber, not to take a taxi or a subway all this time. So I had every intention of leaving. Like, I wanted to get there at 6. The show started at 7, and I knew it was going to rain, but I was like, I don't want to leave at five. I was like, it's not raining now, and I got to take the motor scooter. And I'm like, I don't want to leave at five and be there two hours earlier. So I waited until six, and then, of course, it started to pour. And I'm like, ah, crap, now I got to take an Uber. And, of course, immediately the pricing went up to $80 to go across the park. God, I hate all these people. This is why I don't want to take them. God, that's so rude. But somehow I found one for like $30 in Uber. You know, I just waited a couple of minutes. My God, assholes. And I had to take it. So the show actually cost me money to go because I had to take the goddamn Uber. There was nothing I could do because I don't want to get all, I don't want to get there and be all wet and soaked and stuff. So I had no choice. I took the Uber and this guy was talking to me the whole time it didn't matter he goes you don't mind if i take this call from bangladesh do you and i'm like i'm like it's just funny because you know i'm like i'm sick i don't want to take cabs or even ubers but i take the uber right the uber's okay right i've taken that before but it's just so funny because you don't mind if i take this call from bangladesh do you and i'm like no i don't mind in fact i actually find them when they talk in that language or they're listening to the bangladesh radio station i actually find it quite soothing i don't know it doesn't bother me so but it was just funny because I'm like, <laughs> so not only can I just, you know, have a fun time just taking the, the motorcycle, driving through the park, which is just cool. But now I got to listen. I'm like, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> whatever. He was talking the whole time. But again, uh, who cares? It doesn't matter. I wasn't doing anything. But it's funny that they think that's okay. You know, he's telling me about his country. And I just can't believe they still do that. Got to the place. And then I saw those guys and we hung out with them a little before and then we, the show started and it was great like really great the crowd maybe there were 25 people the place holds 100 so you know it was light but the crowd had a great time they're really good like i said i think i did a good job i saw my old friend linda smith who used to 
Her and I used to go down to the Princeton Catch a Rising Star in the 90s together on Mondays and have dinner and have a great time and drink and do drugs and have these you know experiences. And she still works at Caroline's and it was great to see her. She was there with the hottest girl. Like, you know, even Elon was like, whoa. Because, you know, you never hear him talk about, you know, he's married and he's a good kid. But he was like, who was that girl? I'm, I'm like, she was this, like, tall model who wants to do comedy and bought the tickets for Linda. Like, she's like, oh, she's in my comedy class. That, that's when, you know, this is all Sarah Silverman's fault, of course. So the girls just keep getting hotter and hotter that want to do comedy. And it's just really funny. And one of them is going to be sick, successful. Yeah, it was really great. And... It was great that, you know, and it was just perfect because, I mean, it's all my friends, you know, like really just all my friends. I mean, I had lunch with Nick that day earlier at the diner because my cleaning that he was here. So I went to the diner and Nick and I had lunch at the diner. Thank God that he, you know, kind of lives close in the hood so we could do that. And I really like him so much. And Joe Mackey was, I hadn't seen him since COVID, maybe, you know, since my birthday. And he's a delight and so funny he was just doing new material, but it's really funny because the way he even gets out of it when it's bad, it's funny. And Olga did a great job. And of course, you know, Cindy Lauper's manager was like, um, oh, my God, that last girl was unbelievable. Like uh, women love her. So that was easy. And Elon did great. And my friend Linda was like, oh, give me Elon's number two because I'll use my Caroline's. I'm like, great, great. So, yeah, it was a really good, successful show. And then everybody had to go. But I hung out with you know my friends max and lisa upstairs and we had a drink and a shot and then the rain had stopped so i was able to walk home my favorite thing to do from the upper west side but you know because everybody left you know i like hanging out a little bit but elon had a show alga had a show nick and joe had a show so i'm like eh, whatever so i'm glad my friends were there i had one drink and then i walked home and i hadn't eaten all day and I thought we usually we get food there, but something went wrong. Meanwhile, this woman Felicia runs the club. She uses these up and up and coming these open mic comics that want to work there. She uses them as day laborers, you know, to either be waiters or take tickets or whatever. And they they enjoyed the fruits of everything. They all ordered dinner and drinks, and it is a good. Re I mean, you know, it's like you you get stage time and not on my show. But, you know, she's giving them stage time and dinner and drinks. And I'm like, Elon and I were like sitting there like, well, why can't we eat food? What the hell's going on here? We didn't get a drink. We didn't get food. We didn't get nothing. But these 19-year-olds these are getting, what the hell's going on here? What? The world is turned upside down. So I stopped at Grace Papaya. I had no choice. I hadn't been there in a long time. And every time I go by, I'm like, son of a bitch. I don't want to eat two hot dogs. But what am I supposed to do? I had the recession special. About six seven dollars. You get two hot dogs with the sauerkraut and onions. That's for free. And then I added on some cheese because I'm a fucking idiot. And I and a pina colada drink. <laughs> I ate those right at the place. They were delicious. I got no heartburn from them whatsoever. They were amazing. The pina colada drink. And I'm like, and I didn't go to the bathroom when I left the place, which I knew I should have done. So I had to go pee in Central Park. Like, you know, they do in the movies, like in the pictures. I had no choice. <laughs> I just was like, I got to, uh, this is where, you, you know, this is how things end up really bad usually, but there was no way I could make it home. So 
I did. And quite frankly, there were a lot of people in the dark in the park. And this was at like 9.15, 9.30. There were, there were plenty of people in there in the dark. Uh, you know, when you see people go in, and I don't think they go very far in, but you're like, what, you, you don't read the news or anything? That, that's when bad things happen. I mean, I was taking my chance. These people are like walking their dogs or I don't know what they're doing in there late at night. But, you know, that's, that's the one place you definitely don't want to be in Central Park in the dark, especially nowadays. Where everywhere is dangerous. But you gotta go, you gotta go. Uh, try the Velas. Damn it. Try the Velas, the best in the city. Isn't that what it is? <laughs> God damn it. I can't remember any of the Godfather lines. Are you kidding me? Hey, you gotta go, you gotta go. I thought I had all you punks lined up. So. Yeah, then I got I, I walked on, then I oh my god, see, then I stopped by, then the I walked past the McDonald's as well, and I'm like, well, oh. And I got fries. I'm like, well, I, what am I gonna do? I mean, that was my way of celebrating. Since nobody wanted to celebrate with drinks, I was just like, well, I guess I'll eat. <laughs> so I just had some fries too. I didn't eat them all, and that's all I got. So thank God. And besides, I walked, so I guess that's good. Oh, it's all not good. But I was in such a good mood because the show went well. And then when I woke up the next morning, I was in a really great mood. Because I'm like, right, that show went really good. And I did a good job. And I really liked that club. And I had a good time. And everybody was just happy. And, you know, it was, it was fun. And, I, you know, the audience had a good time. And that's the important thing. Because they charge, they charge more money at that stupid place than, than I was doing at the cellar. They charged 20 bucks there. I was charging 15. I could have made another grand had I charged 20 at the cellar. But so, uh, yeah, and then I just, you know, pretty much just took Friday off. I'm like, hey, great. You know, and then I'm like, you know, what am I doing the next? I knew I was just hanging out doing nothing as, you know, t- uh, that's coming out again on Tuesday. But the 4th of July, I'm going to my friend Joe's. We're going to light off those damn fireworks. Now, that ought to be fun. Now, that's something, if I can get some video of that, we can show it on the on the video podcast, which will be exciting. I don't remember. Oh, so, right. So, what I was saying about the video podcast, right, I already told you what's coming up in the Billy Joel. Well, so, the video podcast, what I, so, when I got fired two years ago from that horrible company, they sent all my stuff you know, they cleaned out my own office. I had to be walked out by, ironically, the guy's house I'm going to on Sunday. Uh, but they cleaned out my office for me and sent it to my house. So I had about five or six boxes that I've just had lying around, even though the cleaning lady put it in the closet. But when I was doing the Jerry Springer show, I had to rummage through the closet to find some stuff. And I saw all those boxes taking up room that I obviously never wanted to go into. But now it's been two years. I'm like, you know what? I think it's time I can go through the boxes. So I've been going through them. So I've been through three boxes so far, and one of them had a bunch of shit I guess I had that I was probably planning on scanning, and that's why I bought to the office. But some of this stuff is so comedy gold in the opposite of the way you're thinking, just in Dave Juskow land. Like, for instance, and this is what I want to show you, because you have to see it to get the comedy. So that's why it'll be worth the video podcast. Obviously, I'll explain it to you, you know, for the ones that don't care to watch it on YouTube. But, you know, you might want to see this one. It's a a little piece of paper that has my letterman set on it. 
which clearly was made in the 90s when I auditioned. Now, the stuff that's on there is priceless anyway. We'll go over that uh, in two weeks. <laughs> and then you'll see why uh, I am not successful. <laughs> but the best part is, at the bottom, it has my. It says Tulane plus 21 and a half. Oregon minus 14. It has my gambling stuff that I put in that day that I had the Letterman audition. And that is priceless comedy. I mean, if I ever do make it, I would put that piece of paper in a book because that is hilarious. So I think you would like that. And then I have my Saturday Night Live contract and these things, you know, we could take a look at because they're hilarious. Definitely want to do that. That's something, you know, I figured, well, that'll be fun too. I was going to go over it all today and I'm like, well, let me wait and do it for the video show. And I know, again, you probably don't care if I do a video show or not, but I don't know. It just feels like I got to do some extra content. Obviously, I need to do bonus content, but so that's why I've been giving out the Billy Joel A to Z podcast early, at least to the Maggie level subscribers as a little something extra I can offer. I know it's just early access. It's stupid, but you know, if you like this show, then you obviously probably like the Billy Joel A to Z because it's, you know, it's, we make it pretty funny. Obviously, if you don't like Billy Joel, you still might like the podcast because we really rip him a new asshole many times uh, from some of these awful songs. But, you know, mostly, but we have a good time and we just make jokes. And, you know, um, like I said last week, I'm really looking forward to taping Easy Money. So just going to talk about the movie for a while. So it's a good, like I said, as the... Uh, Comedy Cellar Nightly Show is. It's a good companion piece. Now, let me just tell you really quick about the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show last week with Greg Fitzsimmons and Rachel Feinstein. Now, this has bothered me all week where I'm thinking of stopping the show. That's how bad it was. It, it was a very good episode, kind of. I love when Rachel's on, and I don't care that she rips me a new asshole. What I'm getting upset about lately, and she did it on the Jerry Springer Show, too, is she's talking about the, the, my stand-up comedy and how bad it is. Now, that's, we know that already, but I've been getting better, and that's why you know people have been asking me for, to open for them. So when she makes fun of what I'm doing on stage, even though the audience seems to be okay with it, it does make me look bad. Now, you know, I don't care if anybody makes fun of me. You know it doesn't really bother me. But what happened on Tuesday is that Greg Fitzsimmons said he was going to play Bananas in August. He goes, you know, if you want to come by and do a guest spot, that'd be great. And I'm like, oh, I'd love to, because I was going to go see him anyway. And I said, I'd love to. And he's like, great, we'll set it up. And then the rest of the show, Rachel goes the whole time and tells him what a horrible comic I am. And I called her after. I'm like, you know, it's kind of funny, but after Greg said I could do the show, you just kept saying, oh, my God, he's got this 20-minute block on Aaron Brockovich. I'm like, you know, that's not really helpful when he was like, he's probably second-guessing, oh, maybe I shouldn't have asked. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm sorry, I'll smooth things over with them. I'm like, nah, it's all right. It doesn't matter. But, you know, it's just funny when you think if you were making a, a you know, a, a TV show about it, it's the perfect sitcom thing where this guy offers me a spot. And then the other person on the show goes for the next 20 minutes telling me how horrible I am opening for her. So I know she's not doing it on purpose, but that's also what she did on the Jerry Springer show. So that's, that's but that's not good for me. I don't care if you make fun of the other aspects of my life, but if you're making fun of the stuff I'm finally getting comfortable with, that's kind of a disaster. That's like the worst friend ever. But what happened was that we were doing the show 
And Greg and Rachel were talking, and me and Colin, we were having a really good time before I start with the slides, you know, if you've ever watched the show. And it was a very lively conversation. It's never happened before where it's that lively and good where I was like, I didn't want to go to the slides, but I, I don't know. You know, I put so much time and effort into them. I, I did, but I shouldn't have. I didn't read the room. And they were even commenting like, why are you doing this? I'm like, I, I don't know. I should have, we should have just kept on talking because we were having a great time. And maybe I should have shown three slides later. You know, these videos that are about fireworks because it was relevant to this week. But damn, I I really feel like I messed up and I'm really upset about it. And I almost just wanted to cancel the show because now I feel like an idiot and those slides are stupid, which they never bothered me before because there's just never been, we just never had such a great discussion before we got to the slides. It was really funny and it was great. I I don't I'm not sure yeah it it confused me to where I'm like why am I even doing the show anymore but I don't know maybe we'll take a break I was talking to Colin and maybe we'll take an August break or at least the last two weeks of August so maybe I'll do but maybe I'll do the rest of July and then we'll do it we'll we'll bring it back in September because you know obviously I like doing it but we might need a break so we'll do like two or three more weeks maybe and then we'll just take August off I don't think anybody cares and then maybe change the format a little bit but you know, I like being able to do it and being part of the comedy cellar. It's the only way I am part of the comedy cellar. So, so that's the plan with the comedy cellar nightly show. Now, on Saturday after I left you, I told you I was going to that beautiful restaurant in Staten Island, and we did. And it was so great because Alina drove, so that was great that I didn't have to drive. And we got there, and we had such a good time. The food was awesome. It was so good to be back there. So I see, you know, my uh, friend Jill and, and her daughter that, you know, I've known for so many years. And so I had the, spe- you know, the specials. Look, we ordered so many appetizers. It was great. We bought three bottles of wine with us. Then I had, Alina had steak. That's what she was talking about. I had a stuffed pork chop. Now, normally, I never order pork chops because that just seems really unkosher. But maybe a handful of times in my life, if I see it on a menu, I will order it. But that's like the one food where I'm like, it has the word pork in the title, for Christ's sakes. I feel very guilty ordering it. It's crazy, right? Who cares? No one cares. And it just said a stuffed pork chop, and it said what it was stuffed with, and it sounded amazing. And I kept coming back to, I'm like, no, I shouldn't get a pork chop because, you know, what kind of mentality is that? And then I said, what do you recommend? Then she recommended this. She's like, well, this is Charles's favorite where it was like a, uh, like a spicy pork chop. It was like another pork chop, but it wasn't even on the menu. And it was this other thing, this chili sauce pork chop. And she recommended that. So then I was like, all right, if everybody's talking about pork, I mean, everybody, this, the, the waiter, you know, waiter, the, the owner and yeah, I'm like, all right, you know what? I'm kidding myself. I got to have the stuffed pork chop because I can't stop thinking about it. And it was delicious. I mean, delicious. I had had pork chops there maybe once before and they were a little dry, but this was great. It was so good. And I think pretty sure everybody, and we got a, we got a thing of gnocchi for the table. It was great. And then they bought us our desserts. Like they, they were on the house, which was amazing because I didn't, 
usually nothing's on the house. <laughs> I guess when Charles is there, we don't every. I wasn't expecting to eat for free, but I think there. I got so I of course I made a stink because I said, "Do you have the cannolis that you're going to stuff in front of us?" There must have been a miscommunication. She goes, "Yeah, yeah." So we ordered the cannolis, and they stuff. You know, they fill it with chocolate. But normally, I like it when they do it in front of you. And so when they came, you know, the 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 bus person that that was bringing out the food that didn't speak any English. I'm like, "No, no, no, this ain't right." Get back here. And she's just looking at me. I'm like, what happened to the thing at the table? And they're like, you know, you got to say at the table. Well, I thought that was implied that, you know, I, when I said I want to watch it being stuffed in. I mean, I like that. So, you know, so we got into a big fight, which was, you know, also hilarious because they, you know, they're just almost such a pain in the ass. That's the, that's the stories they tell. The first time this asshole came in here. So, you know, I do like the controversy. Uh, but the, but the cannolis were delicious. And then they gave us some cheesecake and then she gave us, she's like, Hey, would you guys like some Johnny Walker blue? I'll make up for it. The cannolis thing. I'm like, what do you don't have to make up for Johnny Walker blue? Are you kidding? Johnny Walker blue is amaze balls. So me and, uh, John had uh, one and, you know, and she, Jill drank one and it was, Oh God, is that stuff smooth? It was fantastic. Really great. And it was like a hundred dollars a person. It was perfect perfect hundred dollars exactly you know with a nice tip and that was brilliant that's that's a that's a perfect price for a meal like that i was very pleased because i think i feel like sometimes oh i guess because i bring dates sometimes then it's more but you know quite frankly even with a date if it was you know two hundred dollars for both of us that's still pretty good because remember the last time i went out on a date was like four hundred dollars so i'll take it but the food was great, and it's a great time, and we just pretty much hang out until they close, and then it's an easy trip back. You know, it's just hard to get there with traffic and stuff, but otherwise, it's such an easy trip back, and um, they were nice enough to drop me off. Really great time, like really, really terrific. I, I think we drank all three bottles of wine, just me and John, not the driver or um, outside Steve, and you know, we had baked clams, and you know, just it was, oh, man. It was really good. I love that place. I want to go back there much sooner than later. Because I just get the feeling they're going to just move away soon because I think everybody's just sick of being here or we're just old and everybody's retiring. I don't know what the difference is. but Oh, you know, another thing that happened on Tuesday, if I could be, you know, like when I was talking to Rachel, she was, you know, we've talked about this last week in the podcast. You're not going to believe this. She was trying to catch a taxi Well, because her Uber keeps canceling. Every time she calls for an Uber to relieve her babysitter, they, they keep canceling. I said, well, first of all, you probably shouldn't order an Uber. I mean, it sucks, but, you know, if you're an Uber, you call an Uber outside the comedy cellar, they're probably going to cancel more than that. They probably don't want to be around Washington Square Park, and they probably don't want to be in front of the cellar. So it, it keeps happening. I've never had an Uber cancel, so I don't know what her story is. But I said, you should probably just give them a different address and meet them somewhere else. But so then she was trying to catch a taxi. And when I was on the phone with her, she goes, yeah, I'm going to, you know, this place in Brooklyn, my address. And then the guy's like, yeah, I'm not going there. She's like, what? He's like, yeah, I don't want to go to Brooklyn. I mean, this is exactly what I was talking about the other day. These taxi drivers are the goddamn worst. I, I, I didn't think that was happening anymore where they could deny somebody she i think she talked him into it but that is ridiculous and she he was taking advantage he was the only taxi available and he was taking advantage this is why i can't stand taxis 
I can't believe that's still happening. I thought there was like a law where you just have to go wherever anybody says. Oh, that really pissed me off where I was like, see, this is why I'm not taking taxis. Now on Wednesday, I went down to the bar I hang out with in the village and I met this girl, Renovska. Well, I mean, her name is Rena, but she's that Russian girl that I had on my show about a year ago, just before shutdown. On March 9th, last year, when I did that Final Four show at the Comedy Cellar. And so we met at this place. She's really pretty. And, uh, you know, I like her. But, I, you know, we were just talking about comedy. And I just always, like, have somebody join me. I actually called Mark Norman because uh, there were people next to me talking about him at the table. I'm like, if, if you come in here, it would be hilarious right now. But he was having dinner uh, with some people. So, anyway, that's not the point. So this girl join me and we had a nice time and she immediately came in and just ordered crepes and i'm like what <laughs> like uh i've never seen anybody do that usually you order a drink or something I, I guess i guess she was hungry so i was like well great uh <laughs> so but it was fun and it was funny because this um girl that i see there all the time who um you know she's like why do you always come in here with like the most beautiful women all the time i'm like well, you know, fortunately, most of the girls I know have a lot of daddy issues, so it's uh, really easy to lure them in. Anyway, when we left, again, you know, I think I got there at 5.30, and I'm definitely not staying till 11.30 this time, and I think it was around 9. I still even couldn't believe I stayed that long. It started to pour. I just can't get out of this rain thing, right? It's just been a rainy week. So it started to pour, pour, like really pour, where there was no way... You know, you could even leave. And she called, or no, she was going to the subway station, and we walked out together. And I'm like, no, I'm going to go out too, because it eased off a little bit. She's like, how are you going to go home? And I'm like, I, I'm taking the bike. And she's like, that's ridiculous. I'm talking about the the, the, the Vespa bike, you know, the, 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 the Revel scooter, as it's called. And she's like, but it's raining. And I'm like, well, I'm not taking a taxi. And... I'm not taking the subway. I'm going to keep the streak up, but the streak is ridiculous. But meanwhile, oh, so because I was like, all right, let's be serious. Let me call an Uber. Let me see how much an Uber is going to be from the West Village to my house. $80 because it was raining. I hate these taxis and Ubers. That's completely unacceptable. This surge pricing because it rains. And that's why I'm not trying to take them. That price should be about 31 bucks tops, maybe 35 at a regular hour. I mean, it should be 20. So really, I should be taking taxis again. I mean, I have an app on my phone for taxi, but I'm just at this stupid thing. I got my head now. This is just as bad as the pork chop thing. It's ridiculous. So who cares? Just getting a goddamn taxi at this point. I mean, obviously, I'm going to have to do that because this $80 is, is sick. So I'm like, well, I'm not paying that, and I don't have the taxi app yet, so... I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do this. I'm stranded in the combat zone. I walk to Bedford style alone. Either rode my motorcycle in the rain. And you told That's right. I rode my motorcycle in the rain. Couldn't stop thinking of this when I was, obviously I was singing as I was humming this as I was doing. So I went to get the motorcycle and I've said well if I have the helmet on at least my head won't be getting wet because that's what I mostly worry about 
And then I, you know, I picked it up and I was riding the motorcycle and laughing hysterically because this was just so stupid. But it was also hilarious. I just couldn't stop thinking about how stupid it is riding your motorcycle in the rain. Like the most dangerous thing I think anybody could do. But, you know, I'm like, fuck this thing. I got I to gotta keep the streak going. That's, I think that's why I was laughing. I'm like, this streak is more important than uh, getting killed is worth it to keep the streak up. And the funny thing was I was, you know, going around and, and trying to take it easy, you know, m- know, knowing full well that it could get slippery. And then I crashed into a car. <laughs> Obviously, it didn't crash, but I hit a car or the car hit me because he was going to the right. And I saw him coming. It didn't matter. I just I was hoping he was going to hit me. Uh, because he was going to look stupid, and he did, and then we just stopped and stared at each other, and then I just took off. And then I wasn't laughing as much, but because I really wasn't worried. I didn't think anything was going to happen or anything, but um, I don't know. It was still fun. It was fun. And then, and then, of course, when I got like up to my neighborhood, it stopped raining. Of course it did. Of course it did. I guess I could have waited a little bit, but I just really wanted to get out. I was done. I had had three beers, three pints of beer, and I was loaded i mean i just like i woke up like you know i went to bed at like i passed out at like 11 30 and then i woke up with a hangover like i mean it's just i don't understand it with a splitting headache and then you know i tried to drink gatorade and lots of water and it just wouldn't go away i finally had to take aspirin I, three beers i you know just i just can't put it together anymore i don't know i think a lot of people are reacclimating themselves to alcohol but it was still fun and I'm glad I went out because I hadn't gone out. Well, let's see. I hadn't gone out. I went out Saturday night, so I hadn't gone out Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. So I had to go out Wednesday. I mean, I just had to, even though I knew I was going out Thursday, I'm like, I, I got to get out. I mean, it, there was really no reason to go out because it was so hot. So it really didn't matter. It's just, you know, you just have to interact with people. And again, that's why I think I told Elon when we were on Thursday and we had such a good time and, you know, like it was good to go out because we saw this girl that might get us on a Caroline's and then we saw Cindy Lauper's match. So like all these good things happened by going out and interacting with people, which I've talked about multiple times. I'm not telling you guys, I'm trying to convince myself how important it is to go out and interact with people because that's how you get jobs. That's how you meet dates, I guess, whatever. But that's, you know, interacting with people is like really important, which is why the pandemic was such a kind of disaster, even though I liked it so much. You know, when I was really happy just sitting here by myself all the time and not having to go out and interact with people. But, you know, I'm a people person. Technically, I just spend a lot of time alone. And again, and I think we've talked about this before. I mean, I've always spent so much time alone since I was a little boy. I would always spend so much time alone. I'm definitely like, it's weird because I'm definitely a people person. Me and Atel talk about this all the time, but I am definitely also a loner. Absolutely. It's weird to be both, but it is a fact. You know, some people keep asking me what I'm watching. Uh, They bought out new episodes of Lucifer, and that's, I think this is the final season, which is a bummer because it's such a fun show. Uh, So I am watching that. And if you haven't seen it, it's great. It's a Netflix show now, but it was on Fox, and it's really entertaining. And this season, they brought in his dad. You know, Lucifer is the devil. And this season, they brought in his dad. You know, God. It's hilarious. So when I was hungover, I was up, you know, like at five in the morning, 
you know, looking for anything to watch. And I Dream a Genie was on, hence the uh, the opening clip with King Kamehameha. Just who doesn't remember that? Because remember we were talking about how like in the '60s all these shows went to Hawaii and like the Brady Bunch and I Dream a Genie and a, a bunch of other shows where they had to do stuff about Hawaii because it was the brand new state. You know, so you can see Major Nels be like, and they say in on December thirty first, eight eleven hundred, whatever this was commemorated. Uh, it's the only one left in the country or whatever, in the United States. Like, there's all these facts about you know King Kamehameha and all that kind of. Stuff. That's why I always remember as a kid the I Dream of Genie King Kamehameha episode because you know you know that's a name you're always going to remember as a kid. And then she makes King Kamehameha appear, and then they have uh, you know things. It's, it's a horrible episode where they're just basically giving you a tour of Hawaii and why on I dream a genie. I have no idea, but here's the other thing about I dream a genie, which I can't figure out. Now this show was made before I was born pretty much, or, you know, when I was two and I was watching, it's a legendary four part episode where genie gets locked in a moon safe, a safe that they're going to send to the moon. Hence the moon safe. It's a four part episode. See, it's a four-part episode of the Moon Safe. And I always remember my friend Lawrence talking about this when we were kids. Well, what about the four-part Moon Safe episode on I Dream of Genie? I mean, it was just like, you know, he loved I Dream of Genie. I always was tepid about it because it was stupid. But, you know, who didn't watch it as a kid? And quite frankly, Larry Hagman is just as good as John Ritter in Three's Company. It was When I was watching it, it was reminding me of the two of them were both tall lanky handsome were very good at slapstick and comedy and it's just kind of funny and it's you know Larry you know Larry Hagman apparently was you know I guess difficult to work with whereas John Ritter was obviously a joy from what we've heard from everyone that knows him including his wife and Larry Hagman was uh, difficult but still just as funny I mean really you know if you if you've never seen I Dream a Genie and you you would see the comparisons for sure the bumble, the bumbling and stuff like that. And it's really funny. I mean, God damn. I mean, you could picture John Ritter in I Dream of Genie. It would be perfect. And it would be just as successful. So I'm watching this, this moon save episode. And I was like, wait a minute. This is four. Par- I don't remember it being four parts. But of course, that's what Lawrence used to tell me. It was four parts. Because I think I was just, what are you talking about? How can an I Dream of Genie? So I say to myself, like, what? who's working on I Dream of Genie and says, hey, we? who's developing a story arc? For I Dream of Genie back in the 60s. You know, they just, I can't, I can't, well, I guess they had the Brady Bunch three-part Hawaii episode. So I I guess that's what they would do. So I was looking it up online and just to see more about it. Like, how could this be? I don't remember it being four parts. I just don't remember it. I mean, I remember it completely. I just don't remember it being four parts. And I was looking it up online. And apparently, it was a contest. I think it was in its third season and they made a contest that you had to guess the number, the combination of the safe that Jeannie was locked in. And if you could guess the combination, I guess you win a prize. They don't say what the prize was. It was broadcast during sweeps week and the viewers were challenged to guess the combination to the moon save was Jeannie is in. So in the first episode, she gets locked in. I guess she shrinks herself. She can't get out because I don't know. It's lead based. I, I don't know. And then the second episode, it turns out, uh, thank goodness, Roger switched so it didn't end up on the rocket. 
and it ends up in a trash yard. And it's really funny because uh, Major Nelson thinks that Jeannie's dead, so he bought flowers to the, and then Major Bell, uh, Doctor Bellow sees him with flowers talking to the safe. He goes, "I understand you have strong feelings for the safe. I mean, that's funny stuff, but whatever." Then the third episode, Jeannie's sister comes by and uh, tricks Tony into going to Baghdad to talk to Haji, the head of the genies, to help Jeannie get out of the safe. And that's when they find out that the president... Oh, right, because if anybody tries to open it, it'll explode. Now, why they made an exploding safe to go on the moon, I still can't figure out. But yes, if you do the wrong combination or whatever, it's going to explode. But then they find out that only the president of the United States has the codes. Which, by the way, spoiler alert, it's 497. Thank you. Um, Which is so hilarious, too, that it's only three digits. Only the president has those codes. I feel like you could have figured that out just by guessing. But and, And why 497, nobody even says. So... They bring the inventor of the safe, and he he's the one that tells them only the president has the codes because he can't open it up. And then in the fourth episode, they bring a bomb expert to open it, but you know Major Nelson dresses it up as an ice cream like you know thing and brings it to his house. And he they cut the wire and they go into the you know they're trying to do it, but then Genie is knocked unconscious, so he has to open it. And the guy gave him two numbers before he kicked him out. And then he figures out the third. And then when he says it's 497, it's 497, he doesn't say it. You don't see a Major Nelson saying 497 because it was dubbed in later, you know, after it was going to air, I guess, because, you know, they had to make the cut because they, the, the cast wasn't able to tell what the numbers were. They kept the pages for them as if. Uh, they were figuring out that Darth Vader was uh, Luke's father. It was very secretive to not know that the numbers were 497. Well, I'm telling you, they've got to have 497. What they don't say it. All this stuff is what you win. But it's, uh, I don't know why. I just, I had no idea it was a contest. And, and then, you know, when they talk about it in that last episode, which I had watched, they uh, say, well, it's been a month. And I'm like, oh, right. It had been a month because it went over a four-week period. And Oh, and then the thing was, now, if that's right. If anyone else, that's why he kicked the guy out before he opened it. Because if anyone else opened the safe because it had been a new moon cycle, then that would be, she would have to be that person's genie. She would have a new master. Anybody that opened the safe would be her new master. So that's a pretty good twist, I guess. But again, I just can't imagine going to my boy. Hey, I got a great story arc for I Dream a Genie. Now, Genie gets locked in a moon safe. I mean, it's funny as hell, but it's just I just the fact that there is a story arc that there's a four-part episode is just nonstop laughs to me. But I thought there. I don't remember the ending. I guess I thought they were going to call the president and he was going to come over, and that would have been very entertaining. Yeah, that's pretty funny. I don't know. And I, well, that's, that's a, but to go to, they, but he ended up going to Baghdad looking for Haji, but he never found him. And then the genie's sister's master, who always thinks genie's sister's up to no good, she locks Major Nelson and Major Healy in a birdcage, and then she sends them back home. 
I don't know why I had to tell you that part, but it's stupid, but I wrote it down because I'm like a four part. <laughs> I mean, you just kind of picture like bad sitcoms like that, like, uh, you know, like Kevin can wait or something. And they're like, well, what about that four part episode where he ends up in a bank vault? You know, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, you just can't picture a stupid show. Like, you know, what about that According to Jim episode where they uh, ended up on that deserted island for four episodes? You just can't imagine the networks letting that happen. But a contest was kind of bright. I think they did it again, too. I think there was a two-part contest, too. And it might have had to do with Hawaii. Who knows? But I guess they were trying to do anything to get ratings. I don't think they were a very popular show until it got into syndication. But again, I also like those 60s shows of Hawaii. They're like, it's just learning all about Hawaii. It's all new. And you're sitting there going, wow, that's so interesting about Hawaii. And again, it's just like the, uh, you only live twice, James Bond novel that I'm always in the middle of reading where he's explaining Japan for like three chapters because everybody's getting into Japan. Nobody knows about Japan. Like, And this is after the war, of course. Which, again, it's just so weird. But we were at war with them, and then 20 years later, everything's cool. Hmm. I just can't see that happening with the uh, with Iraq or Iran or any of those places. So that's why when I think about that kind of stuff, I mean, it's just weird. And that, you know, oh, Asian Americans. But, you know, we're always at war with Asian. I mean, not Asian Americans, but we're always at war with the Asians. You know, Korean, Vietnam, Japan, you know. And then they're like, we want respect. I mean, we get it. We get it. And nobody hates, I said, nobody hates Asians. It's funny. Like, we're over it. We're over it. We're good. We're good. Meanwhile, you know, you meet a German and you're like, fuck you. If you're Jewish. You never forgive. So it's kind of funny. Again, I don't, you know, the only people that hate Asians are these 23-year-old girls that I've met that apparently then they tweet out. They're just angry about their scholastic ability, apparently. And I've seen it multiple times. I've told you, they're all two-faced. Very odd. Very odd. I'm reaching for my newspaper. Two things I wanted to tell you before we left for all this racist comments. Horrible racism on this program, which I'm sure if I ever do make it, they'll play back. Oh, it's going to be bad. And then I'll say like, so grow up. Richard Branson is going up in space, right? So him and Jeff Bezos, and then there's like a, you know what, there's a contest. They're both saying, there's no contest. We just feel like going into space. But then you have to ask yourself, if you're a billionaire, that should be the last thing you want to do. You know, somehow, if Earth was hell, right? Let's just say this is hell. And this is where, you know, when we die, we're at this great place. And then we get put on Earth as like this punishment. And you have to make your own way. And there's a lot of people who don't, and Earth is a living hell. And then there are people who rule hell, like a Donald Trump. It's a perfect example. So if you are ruling, no matter what, even if it wasn't hell, but you're ruling, you have multiple billions of dollars. How does he, how much does he have? I think it says here. Oh, I'm sorry. He's worth $200 billion, Richard Branson. $200 billion. So you're pretty much ruling Earth. And Bezos, we know how much money he has. And they all want to go to space. Why would you ever want to ever risk 
your life. I understand your need to go to space and do something fun and I have all this money. Why can't I? But I'm pretty sure if I made all that money and finally made it, of course, I, I don't know how old these guys were with him. I think Richard Branson has been rich forever. But I think if you're like somebody like me and you finally make a whole bunch of money, I think the last thing I would want to do is do anything where I'm going to put myself in danger. Would I ride the motorcycle? Probably, but I'd be upset by that, that, that I was doing it. But the space thing seems like, you know, you're doing really well here on Earth. If I were you, I wouldn't leave it. Because the odds of you doing as well some on another planet, I mean, and that luck happening again, although I guess the odds are pretty good because if you know how to do stuff, I don't know, if you're that smart that you're able to make money on one planet, why not be able to do it on another? But I don't know. I would never want to leave the planet where I did so well. Oh, I really kicked ass on that planet. Why would I want to leave? I could, I could see, you know, me going to another planet makes sense. Let me try something new. Plus, oh, see, I should be on that spaceship because I should go to Mars because that's my dream. Because then I could finally actually come back here, you know, after September 11th or after 2020 and just be like, oh, my God, why is everybody wearing masks? What happened? Then I can finally, that's my dream, to come back and see the gaping hole, as you know, which I do, which I used to do all the time before they built the Freedom Tower, and be like, oh my God, what happened here? Oh, well, there was a big terrorist attack on uh, September 11th, 2001. Your kid, shut up. Or again, you know, come back, uh, you know, last year at this time in 2020. I don't understand why everybody... Why are there no people on the street going to Times Square? Hello, 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 hello. What happened here? Oh, there was a huge pandemic and everybody was forced to stay inside. What? Because then, you know, if I'm on another planet, I can do all those bits. And that is hilarious. But again, you know, if I can't, like, why would I leave Mars is the question, you know, because... If I can't do well, like if I end up like this on another planet, well, that's just, well, then I'm like, ah, oh, come on. Well, I gave myself another chance. I started fresh on a new planet and it still didn't work out. So obviously I'm the problem. That's when you figure out you're the problem. If I go to Mars and I still end up kind of a loser, <laughs> then you know what? You really have to look inside because you're the problem. Now, that is hilarious. I should talk about that on stage, no? Every time somebody says, you should talk about that on stage, I'm like, nah, you don't know what my comedy is. It's mostly I just uh, try and do Charlton Heston imitations. I'm going to try that on Mars. Do you guys remember uh, Planet of the Apes at all? Remember then they, uh, <laughs> you know, being on Mars reminds me of the Planet of the Apes a lot. And I, hello, hello. <laughs> I'm going to write that down. Uh, <laughs> Uh, the other thing was the, this woman, uh, Carrie Richardson, who just got suspended from the Olympics for testing positive for pot and everybody's on her side. Like, are you goddamn kidding? First of all, the Olympic committee is a bag of shit. As we know, ask anyone on the female gymnastic team, the Olympic committee can shove it and suck it. So when they banned this 
I don't know this woman at all, but if they ban her for smoking some weed, you got to be kidding me because are you not get that means you've never smoked weed in your life because weed would be an absolute deterrent from winning the hundred yard dash. Are you out of your goddamn mind? If she can still win the hundred yard dash on pot, I, you should win a, an additional medal. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. It's like, it's like, that's the thing. Steroids, you know, you can go, the, the baseball commissioner, but see, like, you fucked up. You suck. Baseball sucks. But the 86 Mets, fucking awesome, because they were drunk and high. Nobody would have a problem. So don't do steroids. Just drink beer and get high. And if you can still win then, like Babe Ruth, who was drunk every day, or Mickey Mantle? These guys weren't on. They weren't on enhancing drugs. They were on drugs that fuck you up, where you can't do anything, and they were still winners. Now that's a show that people would like to see. Don't be shooting up stuff that's going to help you perform. But if somebody wants to do stuff that's going, that's going to be a deterrent for your performance, and you still excel. That's what we'd like to see. I mean, the 86 Mets were the fucking kings of that shit. They were drinking in the dugout during the games. Getting high, doing cocaine. Cocaine ain't going to help you do well at sports. (laughs) And if you can pitch on cocaine, well, good for you. I would not be able to concentrate for a second. So I say... Let all these sports guys do all the drugs they want. Who gives a shit as long as it ain't steroids? Because steroids make you clearer and think clearer. So you can't be on steroids. You can't be on Adderall. But if you want to smoke weed, drink alcohol, or do cocaine before your game, I say let's do that. Why don't you just make a league where everybody's high and see how they do? For some reason, for me, I think that's hilarious. Fuck the Olympics and fuck their two-faced shit attitude. The only thing you uh, ban people for is the steroids because that is a performance enhancer. Smoking pot. (laughs) And she's like, fuck you. And even everybody, like, you know, um, who's the guy from uh, the the Chiefs? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is like, what are you kidding? Odell Beckham is like, come on. They love getting high. And, of course, my favorite, Ricky Williams. Oh, that guy just gave up the NFL. He's like, they're like, you're going to have to choose between pot and the NFL. And then there's a pause, like a Jack Benny thing. Your money or your life. Then there's a pause. Well, you got to choose, the NFL or weed. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. And he chose weed. God, do you love that guy? What happened to him? Exactly. He's very content just getting high every day. our show for today i hope you all enjoyed it and had a lovely time i know i did bringing it to you so i hope everybody had a great fourth of july our next program will be july 13th i believe uh, nothing new uh, to report and then the show after that will do the thing but i will tell you about 
you know, what happened at that show in Queens. That ought to be interesting. And I don't really have any live shows coming up until August 5th, what we do again at the Westside Comedy Club. But please, tonight, watch musician Paul Lauren and Dan Natterman on the Comedy Cellar Nightly Show next week. Uh, for now, Mike Vecchione. And of course, of course, you will want to listen to the Billy Joel A to Z podcast. Maybe not so much for Cross to Bear, but definitely for the Sarah Silverman, so, the Sarah Silverman interview and our new duet. Uh, do uh, one verse of uh, scenes from an Italian restaurant. Who's going to want to miss that? Who's going to want to miss that? How you doing, folks? And we're high while we're doing it. I mean, look at us. Huh? Who excels in their career when they're high? Sarah Silverman does. When I'm high, it's been a deterrent. So anyway, folks, that is the end. I hope everybody has a lovely week. And I'll see you next week on the Nightfly Podcast. I'm Dave Juskow. Good night, folks. Good night, folks.